before the Lord in prayer. Father, we're thankful for this opportunity to serve Jesus Christ, to worship Jesus Christ, to enjoy the blessings of Jesus Christ. And God, we will give you the glory and the honor in Jesus' precious name. And God, we'll be careful to give you honor. We'll be careful to look towards you. And we'll be careful to trust you in Jesus' precious name. At this time, Brother Patrick's going to come and lead us in song. If you have a hymnal, page 263. Page 263. He set me free. God bless you, brother. Come on, sir. He set me free, and I'm glad that he set you free this morning. Yes. Once I get burdened, prison I dwell, no freedom for my soul I feel. But Jesus came and listened to me. Jesus' precious name. Amen. You may be seated. 
it's been shared that a preacher would say, uh, if you love the Lord, say amen. And we, you know, that people would say amen and, and I love the Lord. But I like what my friend said, uh, Reverend Rossi. He would flip that and he said, if you know that the Lord loves you, say amen. You know that I'm thankful that I know that the Lord loves me. And the Bible declares this. We love Him because He first loved us. You know that I'm thankful that I'm just entered into that love of Jesus Christ. And I, and I don't know, you've probably heard a lot of things. You've probably heard different things in life. And people have shared different ways that they think about you. But let me tell you about how God thinks about you. God loves you you. He said he knows, he said, I know the thoughts that I have towards you. You know, the only one that knows the mind of the Spirit is the Spirit. You know, the only one that knows the mind of Christ is Christ. And I know, I want to superimpose the thoughts that maybe you're thinking. I'm trying not to get into my message yet, but, but God loves you. He said, preacher, but I hear that all the time. Not everybody does. There are people that hear different things. There are different uh, uh, competing ideologies that come into our mind. I like that song. It said, goodbye to sin and things that confound. Not of the world shall turn me around. Do we get to sing happy birthday? To... It's close, right? Nevaeh? Amen. It's Nevaeh's birthday recently. In February, and this, so she's really, spe- are you nine? No, ten? Eight. Eight? Okay, I knew it was right around my daughter, okay. But since the, the guest of honor, she kind of sat right in the middle, let's, let's sing happy birthday to Nevaeh. And, and you know what, we're going to catch you. And you're going to say, preacher, why? Because God loves you, Nevaeh. And you know what, you're special, and you're the next generation, and, and God has so much for you planned in your life. You don't even know it. God's got so much planned for you. In your life. Amen. And uh, so, are you ready? Happy birthday to you. In February and March as well. Happy birthday to you. You're loved by your Lord. You're loved by your dad. You're loved by your mom. Happy birthday. God bless you. With lots of presents and cake and good things. Happy birthday. To you. Amen. And we do have a present for you back there. Don't forget it. If, if you do, I'm going to send it with Papancito to work and he's going to give it to your dad. <laughs> We're going to get it to you somehow. You know, that that's the way God is. If it, it, He wants so many times to give us a blessing. But God's going to get us our blessing somehow. And you know that Thomas missed service and he didn't know that Jesus Christ had risen from the dead. God didn't throw him out. But God had a special message for him eight days later. And he said, Thomas, I heard what you said, but put your hands into the print of my hands. Because you see, God wants us to not be faithless. But believing, God wants to get us the message. And I'm thankful that whatever God has to do, you know that I'm thankful that if you ever run from God before, God wants you to do something and you're kind of like, oh, no one's ever done that except Jonah and me. No, no one ever. Okay. But anyway, 
And God, what does He do? He came to seek and to save. God's on the pursuit. God cares about us. And and I'm thankful He doesn't want to correct us. He wants to bless us. Amen. Amen. We know when we're wrong, right? God's not here to to rain on our parade. God's here to start a fire. God's here to give us a blessing. Amen. Amen. God's faithful to us. Brother, uh, the other brother, Patrick. They're both the other brother, Patrick, right? But they don't look alike. Well, they're brothers. Amen. <laughs> Same God. Amen. Amen. And would you, sir, ask the Lord's blessing on this Sunday morning tithe and an offering? Lord, we thank you for your mercy for goodness this morning. We thank you for allowing us to be here on this wonderful day. I'll give you praise for everyone right now that makes a sacrifice to be here today. I pray right now the blessings offering. Bless us not to give. Those not to give, bless not to give in due time. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for your giving. God bless you is our prayer. At this time, they're going to play something. We're thankful for each one in the house of the Lord. And we would like to ask Reverend Patterson to stand and say a word for the Lord. Appreciate his laboring with us here in Jacksonville for at least three or four days, I think. Amen. More than that. Amen. Amen. It's a blessing to be in the house of the Lord this morning. And we're just looking forward to what God has in store for us. You know, I've been thinking about the last few days. 18 years, 20 years, whatever, how long it's been, you kind of lose count. You know, just serving God here and how the different changes have taken place. And sometimes it's easy to, to look at yourself and say, God, where do you have me, or where do you want me to be, and what do you want me to do? And sometimes you can always fight those battles, you know, God, what do you want, what do you want, what do you want? And I, I remember one day that God spoke to me and just spoke to my heart because, you know, a lot of times he said, well, you've been serving, you've been serving God alone and pastoring, you know, why you're not pastoring? And, you know, so many different thoughts and different things can come through your heart and your mind, but God just laid it upon my heart, you know, I have you here to work with the kids. And it's always seemed like, no matter what church I've been located in, no matter what program of God I've been working in, for some reason God has placed upon my heart to deal with kids. And, you know, we only have these kids for a short period of time, and, you know, once they turn a certain age, and then that's it. Well, the things that we can instill in their hearts and their lives that, you know, are going to be things that they're going to reach back for in that time of need, when they're looking for things in this life, in this world, they can look back and they can remember those, those children's church lessons. Sometimes it seems like, man, are we really getting through to some of these kids? But, you know, years later, when you begin to talk to some of these young people, and they begin to bring up, I remember when we did this, or... I remember when you, we did that and all these other different things. It begins, you know, God begins to remind me that the work that you're doing, even though it seems like it's useless, that's the way I've seen sometimes, but God speaks to you that the work that you're not doing is not useless. You're making a difference in somebody's life. And I thank God for the opportunity and the privilege to actually work with kids. You know, sometimes, you know, people don't think that's, that's a great deal, but it really is. And, you know, we try to get more and more people involved in it because it is an important thing. You know, one day these are going to be the next preachers. These are going to be the next teachers. These are going to be the next people 
taking up offering or playing instruments. You know, the, the things that we do now for these kids are going to make a difference in the long run. So my prayer is that you continue to pray for us in the Children's Church program, the teachers and the, and the leaders and everything about that, that we you know, teach what God would have us to teach. You know, we don't cut corners with the kids either. We teach them the Word of God according to the Word of God, you know. Sometimes it's not easy because I know families teach certain things and do certain things a different way, but we have to walk that and we have to teach because that's what does say the Word of God. And as they get older, guess what? They have to live by the Word of God. So I thank God for that privilege this morning. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. That You know, that's very true. And as far as what God wants you to do, it's not like an elevation of, you know, being a pastor is better than being a, uh, a minister or something like that. That's not how the highest thing you can do is what God wants you to do. And the greatest purpose and, and uh, work that you're going to do in life is work that you do for the Lord. And so there is a pastor of one of our churches that uh, was talking to my wife. And he was talking about my wife's parents. And some years ago, 25 years ago, this pastor was saying about how his par- that my wife's parents, who are not ministers, basically were teaching him things. And he said they should teach a course in hospitality. Well, let me tell you, they did. <laughs> they taught this minister, and now this minister pastors one of the biggest churches in our organization. Well, he hearkened back to a time when my wife's parents taught him. And he, so he's not a kid. He wasn't a kid. But God used those lessons, no doubt, and grew this man of God to where he is today. Never underestimate the power of doing what God wants you to do. That's the highest calling that you can have. So preacher, but you're a pastor. I, you can ask my wife. I've asked the same thing that brothers asked, haven't I? Like last night. It's like, God, are you sure? Say, preacher, but you just don't think that you should be elevated. It's not all about that. It's just not being sure. God, God, we all face these things, okay? And that was just last night, right, sister? So I thought, preacher, that you were the man. And this, no, you misunderstand. We all know what it's like to doubt different things, right? Anyone ever doubted? Say amen. Amen. Come on, let's be real. (laughs) Say, preacher, why are you standing back there? Because I'm going to do what God wants me to do. And you know, we've got to superimpose the will of God over our feelings. Amen. And amen. That's what I'm preaching about. So it's in there. It's in there. At this time, thank you for your giving. Thank you for your giving online. Thank you for your faithfulness to the word and the work of God. Amen. God is faithful. And God will bless you. Can you prove that? It's in the Bible. But you know what? God wants it to be in your life. God wants to bless you so you can say, hey, that's the word of God. Let me tell you, it's real. You know what? He does do that. God does bless my life. Amen.
If you have your Bibles and you'd like to turn with me or click open or flip or speak into it, I don't know, different people have different types of the Word of God. And I'm not, into the, I'm not against the digital Word of God. I'm not again, uh, against listening to the Bible versus reading it. Uh, you just need to get it in you, however you get it in you. Amen? And it's not only, say, well, preacher, it's just the hearing of the Word of God. No, it's not. It's more than the hearing. Now, faith comes by hearing, but how many people have heard something, but they don't do it? Okay, it's not just the hearing of the word of God, but Jesus talked about not the hearers of the word, but the doers of the word. At the end of the Sermon on the Mount, that heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will liken him to someone who builds their house upon a rock, right? And I'm thankful that Jesus Christ not only wants us to hear his word, but however you read it, uh, it's said in the book of Acts that, uh, that they heard in Samaria that they had received the word of God. Not just heard the word of God, but they're like, hey, that's for me. Amen. So what did they do? They sent Peter and John down there and Peter and John begin to baptize, bless them with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. God's always got a blessing if we'll receive him and he'll give us the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, the name of Jesus. Amen. Jesus, uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8. And I was wondering what the Lord would have us to preach today. And this is on our heart. So we're just going to share it with you. And if you've ever been in the life of a preacher, it's very stressful before the service because the preacher is getting all excited about and, you know, forgetting things. You ever forgot something? I came to church early, then I left because I forgot something. Amen. So when a lot of things are coming into our lives, sometimes we forget to do the things we need to do. Right. So but I'm here again. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. And I would like to preach on the thought of a message in this daylight savings time where you lost an hour. I would like to preach on the thought of a message. Changing times. Changing times. Let us pray. Brother Jonas, would you ask the Lord's blessing, brother? Oh, Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity you give us to be in your house. Let us open the ear to listen your word, even though in the tide change. Don't let us go around. Let us focus in your word. Let us focus in your mission, God. Bless everyone here. Let us take the word, keep in our heart, and we will not sin against your word, God. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 He's, 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 he's dabbling in my message too. But you know, it's really not the preacher's message. Someone asked, you know, what is the preacher going to preach? What are you going through? I mean, when you come to the house of God, the word of God, that's why you have a local church and a local pastor. It speaks to what you're going through. That the Lord will lay on that pastor's heart. Just say this. And the pastor doesn't know. But you know, and I remember this man came to church years ago in Washington State, big, big fella. He was like six, eight or something. I worked with him and uh, God was doing a work in his heart. And, and uh, 
he said something like, there were like a thousand people in church. And he said something like, man, that service was just for me. And I'm thinking, yep. And just for me and just for every 1000 people individually, right? There are a thousand different services going on if there's a thousand people in the service. And then, you know, what? if you really want an excitement about the house of God, uh, bring someone to church, because if you bring someone to church, you're going to have two church services, right? You're going to have service for you, and then you're going to kind of have service for the person that you brought. Oh, God, don't say this. Oh, God, say this. Oh, God, I hope they stay for the whole service. Oh, God, I hope they're not offended. I hope they get what they need. It's exciting. Amen. It's a different level. That's different level Christianity. For the revival, bring someone to church. Amen. It's a good time. It won't be the regular preacher. It'll be someone else. You'll love the preacher. His name was even Love, right? Reverend Love. So there was a man that went to a psychiatrist. And he came in there and uh, he sat down and the psychiatrist said, sir, what's the problem? And he kind of hung his head. He was a grown man. He said, he said, the problem is that every time I go to the, the grocery store, I go to the dog food aisle. And he said, I find myself sniffing the dog food. He said, I love dog food. He said, I want to eat dog food. He said, when I go home and nobody's looking, I smell the bowl and I begin to eat my own dog's dog food. And the psychiatrist was writing some things down and he said, okay, sir, okay. And he said, doctor, what, what can I do about this? And he, the doctor said, well, calm down. Let me ask you a few questions. He says, how long have you had this condition? And the man said, I don't know, ever since I was a puppy. <laughs> Do you know who we are is going to affect what we want? So today I was, uh, and yesterday, as a matter of fact, it started yesterday. I went and changed the clock in my car. And then this morning I went and changed the clock in our front room. And then I went and changed the clock on the stove. Some things are iPad and iPhone, they begin to automatically set forward, right? And other things, we have to manually adjust them. And you know, it's really like that in God, isn't it? It's changing times. You know that when things change, some things, uh, we get it. But you know, sometimes we can get into kind of like a, uh, an automatic pilot, right? And then you can look up and realize, hey, that's the wrong time. But we need to kind of stay on it because times are changing and we need to change not with the times. That's not what I'm talking about because the Bible said Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. You know, we need to change to become like Jesus. As the time changes, we need to focus on Jesus. You know that a lot of times uh, I, I go uh, and walk in a certain place. Uh, I, I, did you say run? No, walk. Because when you get older, you walk, right? So I walk is walking. And I walk there quite a bit. And there's like a workout place. And, and I've been there so long walking in these circles out in the parking lot that I see people leave from their cars. You know that people park in the same spot most of the time. 
And then this person came, and I, I recognized them. I see them get out of their car and get back in. And they parked in a different spot. And they went in and probably did their workout. And I'm just walking circles. Well, when they came out, they walked confidently up to an empty parking spot. It was very funny to watch because, you know, they're all fit and everything. And they just walked up to it, and they're like, oops. <laughs> and then they, that was where they usually park, right? And they just were on autopilot. They just walked right up there, and there was no car. And you kind of saw them kind of look around a little bit, and they're like, oh. And then they kind of quickly, athletically, walked back up to where... And I kind of chuckled, right? Like, I got to tell my wife about this, right? So this was yesterday. And so I, I, uh, I, before I thought about that, I began, I said, oh, I got to go get bread. So I walked up to Publix and I got the bread and I got some cheese and I got some turkey and uh, I went to check out and I made sure I wanted it to be under, under $20, right? So it was $19 and 19 cents, I think. And so I felt for my wallet. Well, it was raining yesterday, remember? And I didn't want to get my wallet wet. So after I made fun of this lady in my heart for forgetting where she parked, I didn't have my wallet. You ever had to do that? Sir, I'm not a homeless guy or anything. I forgot my wallet. You know, they're like, yeah, sure. you forget. They know me there, right? But she was like, sir, could you suspend my transaction? Because I've got to go home and get my money. You know, God has a wicked sense of humor, doesn't he? You know, that we can make fun of somebody else. It's coming back, right? Like a boomerang, right? But you know that I'm thankful that what did you realize? Sometimes we, we get so much on autopilot, we don't realize that things have changed. And you know that in Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ makes things change. And I'm so thankful that when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, the Bible said that God changes things. And it says that Jesus Christ the same yesterday is a preacher, but it's impossible to change the past. You know what? I won't argue with you here. It's done, right? What's done is done. But you know, you can't change the past. But you know, the first thing I'd like to talk to you about is not changing the past, but Jesus Christ yesterday. We can't change the past, but we can change the meaning of the past. You know, sometimes people will, and I don't know the psychology behind this, but I seem to be very true, and you can judge it on what I'm about to say. They, people will think of their heavenly father as someone who's like, their earthly father. Now that's a blessing if you had a good earthly father. I have a very wonderful earthly father. My wife, a very wonderful earthly father. Uh, gentle and kind and consistent. But brethren, not everybody did. Not all Christians did. Some Christians had a simply atrocious earthly father or an absent earthly father. And while that seems a preacher, it doesn't make a big deal. But you see, sometimes they will attribute their heavenly father's characteristics to what their earthly father did. And brethren, that's just not so. The Bible said, as I shared before, that God 
loves you. And some say, well, but my father told me this and my father told me that. But the Bible said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That What do you mean gave him? That it didn't just give him as a baby born of a virgin, but he gave him to be crucified. That the whole Bible is a book of blood from the book of Genesis through Exodus with the Passover. The Bible said that Israel was supposed to put the blood of this sacrifice Sacrifice lamb on the top doorpost and the side doorpost and they were to hide in their home and the Bible says when I see the blood when I see the blood the judgment that's coming on Pharaoh's firstborn all firstborn will not come unto you because when I see the blood the Bible said I will pass over that's where you get that Passover holiday because the Bible said that the blood of the lamb makes the judgment of the father pass over you. That's the love of Jesus Christ. The Bible said uh, that when Jesus was crucified, it was for God to change the meaning of our past. You know that if you, uh, if, I have to say that, right? Your sins, you've sinned, but you see, that's not something that has to stay the same. God can change the meaning of that sin. Well, how can he change the past? With forgiveness. Not holding it over your head, but the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. When John the Baptist saw Jesus, what did he say? See, the whole Bible, the Old Testament, they were looking forward to this one, the Messiah, the sacrifice of God, the, the, the one who is to come, the one who is to bear our burdens, the one who is to carry our griefs and sorrows. And the Bible said, John said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who? Jesus, which does what? Takes away the sin of the world. You see that when God changes our past, he can make that old way and that old life forgiven under the blood of Jesus. Forgiven under the blood of Jesus. You know that God won't bring it up again. It'll be washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Romans chapter 6 and verse 6, Knowing this, that our old man, not our father, but that old us, is crucified with him. That's in the past, right? When was Jesus crucified? 2,000 years ago. If you want to change the meaning of your past, that is how you do it, through changing it through Jesus Christ. That the body of sin might be destroyed. That's what my Bible said. That we, that henceforth, from then on, we should not serve sin. And the Apostle Paul, he said this. He said, I'm crucified with Christ. He was talking about all the things that he had done. said, preacher, what is it? It's put to death in Jesus Christ. The Bible said, nevertheless, I live. And he said, yet not I. But he said, wait a second, Christ he lives inside of me. My past has been changed because the meaning of the past, it has been put to death through Jesus Christ. And the Bible said the blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us from what? All sin. You know that when Jesus Christ comes into your life, the Bible says that your past makes sense because it's been redeemed in Jesus. You know that when I went around changing my clocks, I began to think of it. You know what? That's what we need to do. We need to change the meaning of our past. 
say, oh, preacher, but uh, this and that happened. But you know what? That's the past. That last verse of the song we sang today, he set me free. You know what it says? Goodbye to sin. Goodbye, I'm leaving you now. And things that confound. You know what? Sometimes the past confounds us. But sometimes the present confounds us. You see, we need to change the meaning of the past because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. But the same yesterday and the same what? Today. Have you ever heard of the cuckoo bird? I know you've heard of a cuckoo clock, but I'm talking about the cuckoo bird. It's a type of bird, okay? And when it has, it doesn't build its own nest, which other birds do to raise its young when the eggs are born. You know what it does? It goes out, do you know this? It goes and finds some other bird, some other nest, and hides its egg among the other eggs in a different species of bird's nest. Not like a neighbor cuckoo bird, but a completely different species that doesn't even look like it. And so it's a cuckoo bird is a huge bird too. So if you look up on images, you'll see this little baby mama bird feeding this huge, have everyone seen Kung Fu Panda? And he gets adopted by a, what is he? A goose, right? And the goose is the dad and feeding the Kung Fu Panda and he's this huge panda. And then later the goose tells the panda, you know, you're adopted. He's like, what? And it was like so amazing to him that he was adopted. And I think the tiger said, you mean your dad, the duck, you know, or you're the goose, right? But you know that this mother will feed, and you can look it up on Google, you'll see this little, this little tiny mama bird feeding this huge baby bird. And the baby bird, from what I understand, it will even eat all the eggs that belong to that mom. And you think, well, preacher... Why would that bird believe that lie? Oh, this is what I'm talking about today, okay? The bird believes that 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 is its own baby because the baby came from its nest. But isn't it true that you have a thought? And just because the thought originated from your nest, your mind, you think, well, I had the thought. It must be true. You know, I had the thought. I might as well be depressed. I had the thought. God can't forgive that. I had the thought. Brethren, we need to change the message of today. We need to be conformed not unto our frustrations, not unto the times of today. We need to be conformed unto the mind of Christ. The Bible says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed unto this world. You know what the Bible says? But be ye transformed. Change the message of today by the renewing of your mind. I have had all kinds of thoughts, even this morning. You know how many lies pass through the life of a Christian? There's lies in the cuckoo's nest. There's lies in the Christian's head. But I have to say, wait a second. I don't need to listen to the lies. I need to listen to the Word of God. The Bible says that uh, in Romans chapter 8 and verse 29, For whom he did foreknow, 
he did also predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. I need to make my life conform to Jesus Christ. And sometimes it seems like we don't know what's going on. Like somebody moved our car. You know that God has done an automatic update. And you know that God can change things in our lives. But what we need to do is change the message of today. You know what the message of today is? Jesus Christ the same. You know, the same healing God, the same God that blessed us, the same God that takes care of us. I remember saying, well, preacher, but, but that's all well and good spiritually, you know, that God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings, but I need some money. <laughs> you know, just being real. But God can't bless you with that. Can he? You know, that here's one of the blessings of serving God, Okay. You'll get to see what God does, and then you'll be able to put that in your past to change the meaning of your past. I've shared this before, but I remember uh, coming back from a church conference on fumes. I mean, I had gas in the car, but I think I was using my credit card. You know why? Because that's free money for like 25 days, right? That's not a financial class. That's not a financial <laughs> But I remember I was working insulation at the time and I was swiping my credit card to get the Mountain Dew in the morning. I was just like, hey, praise God, I got 25 days, right? Before the interest begins to accrue. Again, not a financial class. That's just what I was doing, right? And, uh, and I went to the church conference and it cost money. I think I was cashing his savings bonds. Does anyone know what those are? These little pieces <laughs> of paper that we used to buy and then cash them in. You were supposed to save them, but I was cashing them in. I needed some money. And so we came back from the church conference and I didn't have my, uh, I, anyway, so all that glob of mail in the mailbox, not in your email box, but in your actual mailbox. So I reached in there, my wife reached in there and grabbed it, you know, and just a pile mostly of trash, you know, old supermarket, different things. But so we were beginning to, and I remember saying, I hope there's $5,000 in there. And I just said it, right? I could use the money. Well, my wife, she was, we were reading the mail. She opened up a letter and she, she goes, <gasps> I remember her going, I still remember this like it was yesterday, right? <gasps> she goes, look at this. It wasn't $5,000. It was $8,000. It was waiting for me in the mailbox. And, and again, this is uh, someone that I don't think has given me anything before or since. And this is like 15 years ago, okay? But I was like, <laughs> Let me tell you, the credit card got paid off, this got paid off, that got paid off. But you know what? Say, preacher, what's that money done today? That money's gone. But the same Jesus Christ yesterday, brethren, it's the same God today. The one that blessed me before, he's the one that's taking care of me. My God shall supply all your need, not just your spiritual needs, but your physical need. Brethren, even your love needs. If you're looking to get married, if you're looking to have a need of a relationship, brethren, that's the same God that's today. And I want to change my message of today. Say, wait a second. My God's not going to supply some of my needs, but all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Let's change the message of today. Things are changing. I went and bought ice yesterday. Two dollars. I went and bought ice today, $2.25. <laughs>
It changed overnight. Prices are going up. I read an illustration that uh, in, in the news, it said that the gas prices are changing people's spring break plans because a lot of people would come to our state in Florida. And now that the gas prices have, you know, it's like buying gold coins. You want to buy some gas or gold coins, right? So, but you know, I thought about that and I say it's a blessing. Say, what do you mean it's a blessing? Because last year they were talking about COVID was impacting people's spring break plans. In fact, the last two years, brethren, that wasn't the headline. And some people might say, oh, I can't believe it. And I'm like, oh, thank God the pandemic is passing. Then we're coming into a new time. He said, a preacher, but there's a war going on. You know what? There's all kinds of things going on. And things are going to change. But I'm thankful that God doesn't change the bible said he's the same forever and then in the future we can trust god say preacher what's gonna happen tomorrow i don't know what tomorrow holds but i know who holds tomorrow i know that jesus christ is gonna take care of me tomorrow what about if the rent goes up brethren it already did (laughs) everything's gone up amen and what, what's going to happen? Let me tell you, according to the history of the world, it's going to keep going up. Okay? Yeah. Amen. Say, well, preacher, what's going to go up? The provision of God is going to go up. God's going to take care of us. And let me tell you that something that Brother uh, Jonas said is a word that I have written down as my wife comes to the piano. The last thing I want to preach or t- uh, talk about is changing the mission of the future the mission of the future you know that when God gets you saved and you've been born again by the spirit of God God isn't just going to leave you as Reverend Patterson was sharing about the children's church God's going to help grow you and develop you you know what he said follow me and you know what he said David I'm going to make you I'm going to develop you into a fisher of men And let me ask you, what's your mission in life? Remember that mission impossible? Wasn't that from the 60s or 70s? This is your mission, should you choose to accept it, right? And it was an impossible mission. You know, it seems that way with God, but the Bible said all things are possible with God. God gives you a possible mission. So preacher, but I work here or I work there. Do you know that if our mission is just our job, we're going to be thoroughly disappointed? You know how many jobs I've had? You know that one day you're going to retire from your job, but I'm going to work till I'm 80. But then one day you're going to retire from your job. And if your identity is in a job or if your identity is in a house or a certain type of car or a certain type of coffee that you drink, then you're going to be let down when that thing's not there. And you're going to try to find something to tell you, who am I? I'm not this anymore. I'm not that anymore. Well, let me tell you, I've been rescued and I'm on the rescue team. I have a mission. What's my mission? I've got a mission. Reverend Patterson said, I've got a mission to talk to these kids about Jesus. But here's the mission. Jonas uh, talked about the mission when he was praying. What's our mission? The word mission literally means to be sent. Have you heard of a missionary? The word apostle means one that's sent. Well, God has a mission. And God has a mission for the future. And I'm not talking about saving money or buying a house or getting married. 
God has a mission for your core identity. And that's to reach someone for Jesus Christ. Whether they're a child or whether they're 80 years old, they can be a new child of God because the Bible said, if any man, if any woman, if any child, if any elderly, if any teenager be in Christ, they're a new creature. Just brand new baby, right? No criminal record. Amen. Free. I'm not talking about religion. In Christ, the same old things. Remember I told you, you can change the meaning of the past. Old things are passed away. And behold, I got a new message. I got a new meaning and I got a new message. All things are become new. And I got a new mission. And all things are of God. But if you keep reading, it says, and God has given us the ministry of what? Reconciliation. God's given us a mission to reach that coworker Brethren, God will put a burden on your heart. In the line at Publix, in the line at the grocery store, in the line getting gas, God will just put this burden on you. You're like, man, where's that coming from? It's not the devil. <laughs> it's God. To say, hey, tell them about me. Invite them to church. Ask them about their, their status of eternity. Because, brethren, one of these days, I won't be the pastor anymore. My wife won't be singing. Someone will. But I'll be gone on to meet with the Lord. And one of these days, people that we see, they won't be here anymore. They'll be gone on. But our mission is to make sure that they go on to be with the Lord and not to be without the Lord for eternity. But with heads bowed and eyes closed, changing times. This morning, my prayer. And if you've gone through something horrific and maybe you had a rotten upbringing, this morning Jesus can change the meaning of the past. And he can put the precious blood that he shed on Calvary over all of those things that were unpleasant in your lives. One day he's going to wipe away all the tears. And I know it still hurts, but it's not your identity. It's something that happened to you, but it's not who you are. Because God wants you to have a different message. That I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. And the Bible says, yet not I, but Christ. Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me. He loved me and he loves you. And he gave himself for me and he gave himself for you. That I get a new message. And then I get a new mission. God's got something God would never trust me to win someone. He trusts you more than you know. And he wants you to be fruitful and have your fruit remain. Let's find a place to pray. Changing times. Changing times. These altars are open. If you need God to change something, bring it to Jesus. Let God wash it. Let God empower it. If you have a need from the Lord, brethren, I need to, I'm just being real. Say, God, I need this to change. I need it to change. Brethren, I've been to the altar many times. Even when you're not here, I've been to times of prayer. But God, it's the time to change and make everything like Jesus. Because God can. And brethren, God will. And then God will use you. Not perfect, 
but redeemed. Not perfect, but forgiven. Not perfect, but growing. Not perfect, but trusting in Jesus Christ. God's got a mission for you now and forever. God's got a mission for the future, and he'll take you through and provide for you. Lord, I preach your word. Lord, let us just simply trust you. Trust your will. Trust your word. Trust your power. Trust your goodness. Trust the holiness that is in you. Trust your promises. God, we give you the glory. You are the same. probably a superhero costume on too underneath but we're going to have him dismiss and then pray for the food but brethren God is real and God will do something and you know what it'll spread to the next generation you can have if you live your life for Jesus you're going to have a meaning that spreads to the next generation I have one question before we go Sister, did you hand uh, like a birthday present to Nevaeh? You did? Okay. Let, let me tell you. So I saw a sister hand a little girl uh, a present, just like out of the blue. And I thought, man, that makes a difference. A preacher makes a difference because a child got a present. Well, I'm not talking about that. See, I know her son. And several years ago, do you remember when winter came? And it was her birthday? Wow. She yeah, remembers. I do. Your son did the same, same thing, thing several years ago. And I know where he got it from. Yes. He got it from you. Because yeah. I saw him kind of slowly, just kind of surreptitiously slip this happy, I, birthday. happy birthday. And he slipped yeah. it to this little girl that was just visiting. And it was just, he didn't know her. But he acted just like his mom. And I saw it years later where it came from. 
But you know what? I want to act just like my Jesus. That someone sees me and my life and my love for them. And then one day when they get saved, they'll be like, that's just like God. And they'll know where I got it from. They'll know that it came from Jesus. Amen. Your life will impact someone else's life. Good job being a mom, sister. Amen. That we are influencing people for God. Don't give up. God's using you. At this time, uh, Brother Velez, we appreciate you. Call you the food hero and different things. It's all in fun. That was from Sister Nikita. We're like a big family here. We joke around, okay? We got past the God bless you stage, right? We love you. We care about you. Brother, would you, sir, ask the Lord's blessing. And then the blessing on the food as well. So we can avoid confusion, curse the calories, whatever else. So. Amen.